Hello, everyone, and welcome back for episode number 66 of Raw Talk with Sheena. Wow, I can't believe it's been that many. Um, This is a really incredible episode. So I want to give you a little bit of background on the guest that I interviewed for this episode. Her name is Shell Pink, and she is the founder of Spa Ritual. Most of my basic witches should be up on that. It is a vegan natural skin and nail brand. So if you've ever had a natural manicure, most likely you've used the products that this guest has created. So she's on this episode specifically because she is moving into more content and more information. We talk a lot about her new book called Slow Beauty, which was launched actually this month. I have it in my one of my stores at The Space, and um, I was actually sent a copy by uh, Shell's publicist about a month ago, and it's really an incredible book. So much information, recipes, lots of interesting um, pictures and ideas for self-care in the slow beauty realm. So Shell Pink and myself, we're not proponents of a fast fix. This is more of a conversation about things that you can incorporate into your practice that are um, that take that force you to take time with yourself. And I really like that about her and I really like that about her book, Slow Beauty. So I'll have the link to the book at the bottom of the episode. And um, yeah, tune into this to this entire interview because it starts out kind of initially talking about Shell's business and some of the things that got her started in this wellness world. But in the later part of the episode, we really dive into um what it means to go into the journey within and how that becomes the most exciting journey that you can embark on. It's really a wonderful conversation and I'm really honored that Shell agreed to be on Raw Talk with Sheena. So stay tuned until the end of the episode for that. A couple of other announcements. I am hosting a shopping in this space event. So if you're listening to this live, um, the Shopping in the Space event will be this weekend. If, it, if you're listening to a recording, it will be December 16th in, the, in, in New Orleans. So the space is one of my businesses. It's located above my juice bar, which is my other business called Raw Republic. And that event is taking place December 16th from 12 to 4 p.m. In the space, it's kind of been... Um, organized as a business that expands on my juice business, but gets into more of the conscious retail. So everything from natural skincare, I sell living libations, I sell Oxalis, which is a local New Orleans brand. I sell smoke perfume, which is one of Taryn Toomey's favorite picks, uh, of the year for gift giving. So all of those things plus some amazing crystals will be available for sale at the Shopping at the Space event this Saturday, December 16th from 12 to 4 p.m. Couple more announcements, bear with me, Um, but these are good ones. So until the end of December, I'm going to be offering 10% off all guidance sessions booked with me. I have a code, it's called SM Holiday, and you can purchase a guidance session with me. So I often call these distance energy healing sessions, but in reality, they are guidance sessions because I use many different practices with which to kind of get you to the point of being able to be settled with what's happening in your mind, on your heart, in your energy field, spiritually, emotionally, whatever is coming up. Um, I do use a combination of things, including energy work. So most of the, if, if I could give you kind of a, an overview of what a session looks like with me, it is mostly um, space holding, it's a little meditation. It's taking some breaths. It's us uh, really bringing to the surface what is on your heart and on your mind. And sometimes that's a difficult thing to allow to surface. So I enjoy being that support for you. I enjoy being able to view information and situations from a higher perspective where I can give you some advice from maybe a... Um, 
a third party perspective or an an observationist perspective and and advice is almost too too harsh of a word as well. I really like using the word guidance session because we are we're guiding through this journey together. I don't claim to know anything that you don't know, but I I do claim to be able to tune in and to assess your situation from sort of a witness standpoint instead of the viewpoint that maybe you're stuck in, which is sometimes victim mode. So anyway, if you have any questions about that, you can email me directly or you can just go ahead and book. I will put the link to book with me at the end of the show notes. Um, Yep. And I'll put the link for the discount as well. And again, that's 10% off guidance sessions booked with me until the end of December. Okay. Two more things. We're almost there. First of all, if you haven't already, I highly encourage you to join the Raw Talk with Sheena Facebook group. It's an amazing collaboration of people from all over the country. So just when you were thinking that it was tough to connect with like-minded individuals, it's an amazing community online and you may find someone in your hometown. So I'm going to put the link for the Raw Talk with Sheena Facebook group at the end of the show as well. And finally, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please do what you can to support it. What helps us the most is a rating, a review, and or sharing the podcast with a friend. So that's basically what we're asking for so that we can continue uh, doing what we do. All of our efforts here at the Raw Talk with Sheena podcast group. So again, thank you so much. I appreciate your support. I love connecting with you guys uh, via email, via the Facebook group, and on one-on-one sessions. It's been really, really amazing, and I'm so grateful. So without further ado, enjoy this episode with Shell Pink. You're listening to a fresh new podcast on healing, spiritual development, nutrition, energy work, and sometimes aliens. From the owner of the celebrity-acclaimed Raw Republic Juice Bar and Wellness Center in New Orleans, Louisiana, Sheena Manina. Yes, that's her real name. This is Raw Talk with Sheena. Shell Pink, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you for so many reasons, some of them selfish, some of them personal Mm -hmm. interest. But for the most part, I want to give everyone just a quick introduction to who you are and where you're recording from and and just kind of how we got connected. So um, I'll give I'll give a little bit of information on what I know. And then I want you to fill in the the blanks because I'm going to be leaving out a lot. Okay. first of all, you are such an inspiration to the business of women, the business of uh, personal care, of self-care, of natural beauty, as you are one of the first companies, you created one of the first companies that I connect in my brain to being clean wellness, and that is Spa Ritual. Wow. Congratulations. (laughs) First of all, when when did that company become established? What year was that? That was 2004. Holy shit, Shell. That was yeah. before that was before anyone cared. Really, yeah, right? It's, so It's true. <laughs> so what was what was the main source of inspiration for just like, okay, let me let me get into the process of what is normally a chemical laden, probably one of the the highest source of chemicals in our in our beauty care routines. Let me get into that business so fully that I then break it apart and begin to extract how to make it healthier. Like how did that process even begin? Well, I kind of found myself in, in the business. I was welcomed into, um, really, a, you know, a family business. Um, it's my, my father-in-law founded Orly International, um, over 40 years ago. So once my husband and I became engaged, um, I was welcomed, I was, uh, you know, asked if I wanted to come in and join the family business. So what is so, Orly? Orly is, um, they've been doing nail polishes okay. for over, over 40 years. Amazing. Uh, and at the time I was, um, you know, I really immersed myself It's a professional nail care business. And so I really immersed myself, um, you know, in understanding what the professional 
um, side of the beauty industry is all about and really fell in love because it's so, um, it's really about education and working with professionals, um, you know, to deliver the highest quality, um, services to their clients. Yeah. And so at the time, you know, with my background, um, you know, my mother really, you know, raised me to think about the importance of what I put on my body and what I put in my body. And I have a millions of stories about how she set me on that path of wellness. Um, and one of the things she taught me is how to read and to look at ingredient labels on beauty care products. Right. So I learned that from a really young age. So when I had this opportunity to work within the beauty industry, um, I just automatically was thinking about ingredients. What ingredients are in are in the polish? Yeah, um, and I'm I'm guessing too that this process was before the environmental working group was in existence. Oh yeah, this which, is way before. Right, which for people who are listening who are not sure of what that is, that's a, a company who has an amazing database online, which kind of gauges toxicity and ingredients. It's a really good resource. I, I do find that they're, they are missing some information, but for the most part, it's a really good place to find information about ingredients and to kind of just get some quick information. But yeah, I referenced that in saying, it seems like if you were, if you were doing that at that time, you, it was your responsibility to find out on your own what was yes. toxic and what was not. Exactly. Wow. Um, and it's a, at the time, I also became, I was pregnant with my son, and um, I started, you know, learning about the professional business, and uniquely the started, in, you know, in the nail care aspect of it. And no one was really talking about the hot button ingredients in the nail care. So, just naturally, you know, my mind went to, well, how can we make nail polish, you know, healthier? Like, what can we do? that it still lasts when you apply it to your nails, but what can we start to do? What steps can we start to take, um, you know, to remove some of the more harmful chemicals, you know, and, and move the industry in the direction of being healthier and safer. And I was thinking first and foremost for the nail technicians who work day in and day out with the polish. And then, you know, they have this unique opportunity to educate their clients and raise awareness about it. Uh, so, so we started amazing. looking... Yeah, so like dibutylate was really one of those ingredients on the radar at the time, and so when we launched, um, we launched the product without the dibutylate, um, the formaldehyde, formaldehyde resin, um, and the toluene. And it was like you said, it was so early on. Um, a lot of the nail technicians they didn't even know themselves about mm -hmm. these ingredients. Mm -hmm. You know, they were, and um, and so that was it was a really difficult in the beginning. I mean, the first formula that we launched really didn't work that well. <laughs> um, so it took a lot of, you know, trial and error. And then, you know, and also, you know, we've been, we were in the industry for, for quite some time and it, you know, people weren't like intentionally using, you know, harmful ingredients. Um, you know, it was just more so that the toolbox just wasn't there and the awareness hasn't been in the beauty industry industry um, to offer healthier, um, you know, options when you're creating formulas. So, yes. Well, I yeah. mean, I still, I still find that there's, there's still a lack of information and knowledge in yes. people in the beauty care industry. So, but what I am noticing is that when I go into what's, what's seemingly a very traditional, um, nail salon, they are beginning to utilize some of your products for their services more so than I've seen in the past. So I'm now seeing yes. spa ritual as the go-to cuticle oil, as the go-to massage oil, um, or yeah. lotion. Um, yeah. I'm just seeing that there's, there's some sort of infiltration, there's some sort of shift. And I think it's because, you know, as a customer, when you walk into a traditional nail salon and you're just like blown away at the, the amount of chemicals that are in your face automatically, it's, yeah. it's subdued a little bit when you walk into a place that is focused on ventilation and then um, swapping out some of those, those products like that that pink lotion that traditionally every nail salon used that just, you know, like it would stick on you for hours. <laughs> like it just, it's so, it's so amazing and lovely. It, it makes the treatments more accessible for me knowing yeah. now that that's, that's kind of rotating into something that's more, um, you know, the, the, 
the nail salons are just recognizing that their their investment needs to go into that entire experience and and for a lot of their customers that is becoming what is more natural what is um less offensive in terms of toxicity and also scent you know because all the spa ritual products just smell so amazing and refreshing thank you yeah i mean from the beginning i really had this i this i imagine this enlightened consumer yeah and it took a it took a while Uh, i knew they were out there and and it took a while um but they're here you know we're all you know i knew i was feeling this way i knew that there would be other people out there that would would you know want that, that also. And, you know, it's like, you know, it's about health and wellness and beauty and that complete, you know, it's, it's full, it's all integrated, you know, it isn't, it isn't something that's separate. Like our beauty is connected to our health and wellness and, you know, vice versa. It's interesting that you reference an enlightened consumer because I remember right before I launched my juicing business, I was very, it, it was like all of my motivation was going towards creating a product for these people that I knew were there and this this product that I knew was needed. And yeah. and only until my mind started to get involved, like my mind started, started um, you know, coming up with logical reasons as to why I needed to educate people more, for example, or why I needed to slow down or, or maybe yeah. not go so full force in. Um, and now I'm finding that the inspiration was right on point and right on target. And, and to keep me moving forward, that's kind of where I try to keep my focus. And I feel like that's, that's what you're doing as well, which is why um, your product line is able to evolve in a way that's, that's so fresh. You know, I was just looking at Thank something, you. something else that you just came out with. Was it, is it an Earl Grey? Um, yes, yes. Our Earl Grey body collection. Yeah. yeah. What is that? Tell me about that. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. So that um, there's four products. Three are um, um, all of them can be used, you know, by the professional for manicure, pedicure, and body services. And then three are, um, you know, for retail for consumers to take home. So there's a clay mask, which is professional only, um, a body souffle, an oil salve, um, and a detox sugar scrub. So it's all 100% natural. Um, high percentage of certified organic ingredients ranging in, you know, 71% to 81%, depending on the product. And it has the Earl Grey, uh, scent in it. And all of the, all of the ingredients that I've selected are really intentional to really nourish the skin. And I speak a lot about, we don't do skincare, you know, there's so many, and there are so many great, um, you know, natural skincare brands out there, but our face, I always say like, okay, our face is just one small part of, you know, this much bigger picture. And I think it's really important that we think about what we are putting on, on our body, on our entire body. It's the largest organ, you know, our skin. And so Earl Grey is an incredibly nourishing, um, range of products that we can use daily. We can go to the spa to experience them, but I really emphasize taking that spa tradition home and doing daily self massage and daily exfoliation and, you know, using the souffle and hand and foot rituals and, you know, waking up and, you know, experiencing the, you know, the fresh and, and floral scent, you know, to help relieve anxiety and stress. And it's just, it's something to really engage in, um, to help you bring your beauty routine to a beauty ritual experience. Yeah. I loved, I love the way that those products are packaged and I can tell just from the pictures that they smell amazing and feel yeah. amazing. Oh, yeah. It's inspiring to, to make me want to, um, experience them. And I hope that someone locally starts using that hint, hint to people in yeah. New Orleans. <laughs> um, but it, it also kind of inspires some like kind of a shift in the conversation of, you know, as a, a businesswoman, someone who's doing many different things like you, how did you start to focus on what you were good at in terms of the industry and bringing these, what you're good at to your brands versus like not spending time on the things that you weren't good at, knowing that that investment in time had to come from someone else? This is something that I'm, I'm playing with personally as well. So I'm interested to see like kind of your take. What do you mean? Just like making sure we're focusing on our, our strengths well, no, versus just, doing it all? Well, you, well, yes, but specifically from you, but as, as the creator, as the director, you know, you have 
a vision, like such a clear vision of exactly what you want the brand to look like, to feel like all of these things. How have you over the years dedicated your time in a way that has promoted the brand, but also given you space to allow other people to to bring in their expertise and allowed you to kind of have a life outside of the business? Oh, so balance. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, the brand is such a team effort. It always has, you know, been since the beginning. So, um, you know, I really love, you know, the people that I work with and, and collaborate with. And um, I guess it's just allowing, you know, people that you bring in as experts to, to you know, take their part in it and, you know, contribute to the greater the greater whole. Right. So like on a, on a micro scale though. So how, like, because it's so, it's such a personal experience to begin building a brand from the ground up. So how, how have you from the beginning established, like, um, I want to know like what, what you were really interested in putting your effort toward and then what you kind of allowed evolve on its own. So being in beauty, I mean, the core thing for me was education and really raising awareness and using the brand as a platform to educate people on healthier choices. So that was from the get go. That was kind of the ethos of the brand. So then all the choices that we made um, had to support that direction and vision, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was, you know, the formulas, the packaging, um, the, the, you know, the language was really important also because, you know, I didn't want to use language, you know, everything about it, I wanted it to be empowering. Um, so it empowered, you know, to support our health and wellness, you know, practices. I didn't want to use any terminology like anti-aging because I think that's very disempowering. So I want to start that conversation. So from every part of the brand, I wanted it to be a conversation starter because I love having, you know, discussions and, and, you know, I want to raise this conversation of beauty to something that was more elevated and more philosophical and, Mm -hmm. and get beyond kind of the external approach that we're taking to beauty, which is very important, of course, but that's kind of the fun part. You know, we, I wanted to get into like the deeper underlying aspect of beauty. So every touch point had to communicate for me, you know, why it's important to make a healthier choice for yourself and what is this contributing to people and to the planet and making it a better place. That's so interesting and such a unique perspective, I would say, in terms of a beauty brand for the main focus from the get-go to be education. And 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 I know that a lot of people are very good at terminology and and um creating you know verbiage that that supports that but but from the beginning for you to know that you know like anti-aging that's never going to be it's like was your team empowered to ask you these questions to kind of get to the um the soul of what you were trying to create or did is this something that you kind of had to groom your team on over the course of time yeah it was a grooming process and it was not very well received at all. And there was definitely been steps along the way, even when I introduced the whole slow beauty concept eight years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been met with a lot of resistance. Let's put it that way, like, you know, internally and externally as well. I want to hear about that. What what did that look like? What did that mean? What does that mean? Well, in the beginning, um, you know, when I started talking about healthier ingredients and using certified organic ingredients in the body care products or fair trade or FSC certified papers and soy based inks. And it's like a foreign language. It was at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, luckily it isn't now. So, you know, I, I think the main thing, main pushback was, well, this is just going to be a fleeting trend and you know, this is going to be very small and very niche and it's not going to be, you know, like business building. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even when I did my first focus group with the nail technicians and I was specifically talking about, you know, being free of DBP and toluene and formaldehyde resin, et cetera, um, they, they just weren't interested in that. You know, they just liked, you know, they were just really enamored, at, you know, with, you know, color selection and, um, you know, and the collection names and, mm-hmm. you know, other, other brands and just, you know, what consumers were demanding. And so it took a long time to educate internally and, and externally, but it's something that I believe so passionately about 
you know, I just, I you couldn't were okay not with, right. do that. It, no, it was hard, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna, you know, pretend it hasn't been. And it was, it, you know, it was, you, you know, I, it was, you know, I don't, we kind of felt alone, you know, I kind of felt alone, you know, many steps along the way. But then as, you know, the world kind of caught up, and then there were more and more brands out there that were starting to, you know, contribute to this conversation, you know, you can't, you can't deny it anymore. So things started showing up in the news about, you know, you know, choosing, you know, organic produce, let's say, I mean, I remember when my son was born, and I would only have organic foods in the house. And, you know, people around me would make fun, you know, like, it's, just, it's so expensive. And <laughs> what's the difference? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, the pesticides are the, <laughs> are the difference. And right. So yeah, I mean, it, it was every step along the way, I met with some kind of resistance. Wow. But this is, yeah. And this is, and, and referencing back, you're saying like, this was a family business. So it, it wasn't just something that you addressed at work. It was something that I'm sure that you had to bring back home with you as well. And, and I love the way that you're talking about it because it's so inspiring for me because I think that almost every woman in business or every, every creator in business knows that not everyone is going to accept their message and what they're creating. And, and how do we, how do we, from a place of, of sheer authenticity and connection to ourself, how do we continue to promote our message and our creation, really not knowing, we, we never know what's going to happen. Right. So, so what for you, what for you kept you um, kind of stable in that, in that process of, of really just, you know, I'm not sure how it's going to work out, but this is what I believe in. Like, what was kind of, what kept you going in that way? What, ke- what kept you like sustained through those times? Well, I think it's just so part of me, first of all, so I don't really know another way to be, because this is how I grew up, and, you know, my mom set me on this path of of wellness, and thinking, like I said before, like, thinking of beauty and health and wellness is, is, you know, they're all kind of part of the same thing, Um, and, you know, when I went went to college, you know, I discovered meditation, and yoga, and Ayurveda, and again, like, I, you know, none of my friends were doing that, I had to go off off campus to find, you know, a place to practice yoga. And there was like a lovely group of senior citizens that, you know, welcomed me into that. And I, I saw that in your of, book. I love that. Yeah, I was always kind of going off on my own, you know, doing these things because it was just, I just can't help myself, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, that's just, so, um, I guess how I, did I sustain this? Like I just, you know, I just did it, you know, and then there'd be people along the way that were the cheerleaders and, mm-hmm. d- and did see the benefit and were excited about it. So I would just, you know, when I would get that feedback, it was just, you know, golden and it would just kind of keep me going. And mm-hmm. my husband's been really, you know, supportive, like, don't give up, never, you know, just don't, <laughs> you know, keep going. And, you know, he, you know, and there have been times where I'm just like, I'm enough. Like, you know, I have had those moments as I imagine every, you know, woman in business has and, and entrepreneur, you know, and especially when you introduce kids into the picture and, you know, you're raising your family and, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely hard to balance all of that. And sometimes you feel like you're not doing, you know, you're doing a lot of things. You're not necessarily doing any of it, you know, to like, you know, in the best way. Yeah. Oh my God. You're speaking yeah. to my brain. My brain's like, thank <laughs> God there are other people who feel this way. Yes. We yeah. Feel that way. The question that was coming to mind when you were speaking was, did you from the beginning have a vision of the products that you wanted to put out into the world? Did you have kind of a baseline? Okay. I want a nail polish line. I want the, um, the skincare line, the, the, you know, um, I want a book to support. Did you have kind of that vision of kind of everything that, that you've kind of done up until this point? Yeah, I always knew, you know, we'd started with nail, you know, polish and, and the treatments and then the body care range. And then, um, I've always wanted to, to write a book and that's been a dream of mine since I've been a young girl. I didn't know it would be this book. I mean, I actually thought it was going to be some more, you know, fiction. I didn't realize it would actually be my, what it is, is my wellness autobiography, Right. but it makes complete sense you know, to support what this, you know, what the spa ritual brand is all about. And, um, you know, it feels good to, to get it out there. Um, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of other things. There's a lot of other 
things that I've been wanting to do with the brand for quite some time. It just hasn't been the right timing because mm-hmm. there have been other, you know, challenges and, uh, you know, needs with the current, the current lineup and, you know, responding to what's going on in the market space. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll get there. You know, there, there are other things I want to, I want to add to the brand that I think are going to be really important to really tell, continue to tell the full, the full story. Yeah. Well, the way that I kind of look at, you know, business people or humans as a whole is that we have so many different facets and we also need to, we need to decompress sometimes the business side and then, and then sometimes the business side becomes a little less creative. And so we need to expand on that creativity somewhere else and, and we need different types of outlets. And so the way that I, and the, the reason what attracted me to you was just that I saw that that's, that's exactly what you're doing, but through these products. So through, you know, the bit, the spa ritual business aspect is kind of that logical and, and focused and marketed, um, brand. And then through the book, slow beauty was kind of that output of creativity in a way that was also yeah. your, your storytelling and your connecting to what has my process been and where am I, where do I come from? And, and sort of like this journaling of, of the journey of this experience for you in a way that is also not so much related to your business. It's kind of more of a personal journey of, of your, um, I guess your, your process in, in learning this beauty business and, and in a way that's very personal. So it's, it's, yes. you know, I, I think a lot of people probably will expect that there will be a lot of spa ritual information in this book. And there really isn't, it's really, it's really more of your, your mindset, where you come from, your knowledge base, and and the things that have built that stability that you've ingrained into your business Does, is that how you feel about it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I didn't. It definitely isn't is not a catalog for no. for spa ritual. No, <laughs> and even and even spa ritual. You know, I you know it's it's about having like you know the tool spa ritual offers tools and and resources and products to support your health and wellness and beauty practice. So um, we've, I've always been having that conversation, even with the brand. And and the book is just another, it's kind of a, sim- a similar approach. You know, I didn't, it, you know, it wasn't about, it's like you can definitely use the spa ritual products to engage in the slow beauty philosophy, but you can, you know, you don't have to either. Um, so. Right. So what was it like from from the beginning of, of kind of getting all this down in documentation form, because it's, again, it's not just a story. It's a compilation of a lot of information and a lot of data, some personal and some, um, you know, some based in, in people and, and teachers along the way. So how, so what was it like kind of compiling it and beginning that process? Well, I think I've been compiling it for a very long time, yeah. <laughs> for many, many years. I mean, even since, you know, like growing up, in, you know, with with my mom. So I think, you know, along the way, I've been kind of, you know, it's been in my mind. It's been um, kind of swimming around in there. And it just, it, you know, I, I did have, um, I have an amazing book agent and many years ago, she approached me about writing this book and I wasn't ready. It just wasn't. It wasn't like it hadn't gelled yet. I didn't know how to approach telling mm-hmm. this story, and then it just did. You yeah. know, it just did, and and like an outline kind of showed up because, like you were talking about before, it is about process, and you have to be patient with that process. And, and even, although I wanted to write this book many years ago, it wasn't until just a few years ago that my process was ready to tell this story, and then it just kind of happened you know right um, so, so outline yeah that's what I was going to yeah. say like I'm sure like as soon as that inspiration sort of solidified it was probably a lot faster yes so it just kind of the outline kind of came out and then that's what I did I just followed I followed the outline and these are all things that I've practiced over the years um you know revelations I've had insights I've had incredible you know teachers along the way um you know, I read a lot. Um, I try, I try things all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just, it just kind of all came together and I just wanted to share, you know, what has worked for me 
um, and invite people in to do these exercises. Um, but then again, it's just a guide. It's not, it's something that they can, you know, things that they can try, but I know people are already doing a lot of wellness practices. So I invite them to kind of weave in what they're doing and what works for them because my self-care practice, um, you know, is very unique to me and it'll look completely different than like what your self-care practice is. But right. I want to have, I want to have those conversations like, you know, and share that, share that information. Did you do anything very explorative or, or out of the ordinary during this process of writing the book or even before that kind of, um, contributed to some of the, the points or the pillars in there? Um, like, did you go somewhere? Some, some kind of union. You know, I've been doing, you know, retreats over the years mm-hmm. and I've taken lots of classes. Um, I've done lots of writing. Um, I don't know, some kind of fun things, unique things that popped up was that I felt like miming, you know, and there, I have a whole section in there on, you know, movement yes, and seasonal movements. And so like that popped up all of a sudden to, to think about, you know, miming or, and my, you know, my publisher really loved that one or, you know, meandering movements, just dance and like the fluidity of dance and moving your body and just waking up first thing in the morning and, and, and just, just being improvisational about, about that and spontaneous. Yeah. I had, Uh, when I was flipping through, like there, there are so many unique things in the book, but there are also so many unique things about you that I almost feel like there are some, like some little gems about you beneath the words that maybe have been a part of this experience or this process. Like I could see you being at, um, an Ayurvedic cooking class. I could see you like playing with herbs in India. I could see, or like going to Central America and kind of discovering some of these, um, herbs and, and, um, natural elements in the world. I, I could just see that like, maybe you've had this hands-on experience somewhere. Yeah. Well, about 20 years ago, I, I mean, I, I was here in Los Angeles and I heard about an, a doctor, an Ayurvedic doctor who was um, coming in from India. So, you know, I'm, it wasn't as, it, it's not as exotic as me traveling to India and, <laughs> and making that connection. But I did, um, you know, I went to a place in, you know, Topanga Canyon and, you know, had a consultation and, you know, the doctor really opened my eyes to Ayurveda and, you know, I, and then I had this, you know, I really was set on the path to Ayurveda. And then through the years, I connected with an Ayurvedic specialist and went through years of doing Panchakarma cleanses with her and just incorporating a lot of these Ayurvedic practices in my life that I do share in the book, like, you know, self-massage and, mm-hmm. you know, dry brushing and, right. um, you know, just a lot of, you know, Ayurvedic, Ayurvedic approaches. So, I mean, I have traveled extensively throughout my life to different, you know, parts of the world. Um, but I do like to ground this in, in that it, it, this isn't exotic, you know, self-care isn't exotic, you know, it's, 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 it's just something that we need to practice on a daily basis. So I don't want people to feel like they have to like, it, I've always been about this. Like you do not have to leave your family and retreat to the Himalayas mm-hmm. to have this enlightening experience about how to best take care of ourselves. So it's, it's something, it's a very practical approach. And I feel like I want that, the message to be very practical. So as many people can have this experience as possible. Right. And it's, and, and there are a lot of things in here that you can do for free and at home and you don't have to spend a lot of money doing it. You know, I, there's definitely the business of wellness And this isn't, my book is not about that business. You know, my business, this book is about, you know, developing a personal and sustainable self-care practice that is, is accessible to everyone. Well, I completely agree. I, you know, I completely agree that the processes do not have to be exotic and that they can be very simple, but actually, and I, and I guess what I'm trying to say is that in the process of these practices, there's such an attunement to that place of self that it becomes so, it becomes more explorative than even traveling itself it becomes yes. that sort of that i don't even know i, I guess i don't it's, okay, it's so like the, i know what you're trying to say yes. it's like the most the most exotic destination 
is the journey within. It so is. Yeah. It so and is. So that's, and that's where I've been. So when you ask me, where have you been? I've been inside. I've yes. been internal. So, I've been, and I came back with this book. You know, I took the, I took, you know, it, it's, I took this journey, you know, and I've been guided by a lot of, you know, I have this kind of quote, you know, I joke in the book that it's, you know, my advisory council are, are, you know, people that are no longer with us are no longer alive. It's like, you know, it's Rumi, it's Albert Einstein, it's Rachel Carson. Yes. It's, you know, we can access these people and the light and the beauty that they've, that they've left for us here on the planet. You know, we don't, we can do it in the comfort of our own home. And it's not to say, I mean, I really am a big proponent of getting out into nature and, you know, and getting outside and, and making that connection as well. But a lot of this work is very internal and that's, and that's a really exciting journey to take. So in your connection to your advisory council, I love that by the way. <laughs> and it's, for for me, you know, we talk about this so much on this podcast, just that there there are a couple of types of connection. Sometimes it's it's the quiet stillness just within to calm the logical and the the kind of manic mind. Sometimes it's connection to other beings, other places of information, other data points from from what's been left on the planet, as you so eloquently said. Um, and sometimes it's that connection with other spirits, beings, and, and entities not of this planet. Yes. You know, there's there are infinite possibilities and infinite sources of information in this conscious realm. And it's so beautiful that you, as such a strong business person, businesswoman, have recognized that importance in the creation of such an amazing product. So can you give us, I, I want you to kind of give me some of the examples of how you've, you've used that along the way. Did it just look like meditation? Was it sometimes free writing or, or was it, um, did you have any sort of experiences? Like how, how have you come to determine that you have this advisory council behind you? Yeah. Well, okay. So it's, there's a lot of, you know, so, well, I've been meditating for over 18 years. I do transcendental meditation. So, you know, that gives me, you know, I have, I have core things to my practice, which are meditation, self-massage, daily self-massage, and then my vegan, my vegan diet, you know, and then I kind of weave all these other things in and out as needed and, and, and by season. So, yeah, so meditation has definitely been a huge um, inspiration on my path. Um, but I... Sometimes, you know, I, I'm so curious and so interested. I love art, you know, so I really open myself, you know, up to, you know, artists, you know, like I love museums. I love, you know, creating art. So just engaging in that process of enjoying art and um, being in museums, it's like a temple for me. And then, you know, making art. And then, I mean, most recently, I heard about, I love Rumi. I love the poet Rumi. I mean, have you, have you read Rumi? So oh, Rumi yeah. is just, mm -hmm. I, you know, you read Rumi and it just, it like just moves you so close to your soul. It's just so incredibly moving. So I felt like I was like, wow, this is really impulsive me. I, you know, I heard about, I was at a dinner. I was at like a found a women, female founders dinner and someone, we were going around the table and someone mentioned that they were starting a class or taking a class on Rumi. And the next day I followed up to find out who, you know, who that woman was, um, cause I didn't connect with her after. And, um, so I was connected to her and I just signed up for that class. I found out about the class and I signed up for it right away. So now I'm, you know, taking this class, this deep dive into Rumi. So Amazing. I'm kind of finding, find myself on this path now. And mm -hmm. that's just kind of how I live, you know, my life, you know, an idea will show up. Sometimes it's really intense because I get bombarded with a lot of ideas, but I'll follow those ideas and, um, and I have these experiences, you know, with, 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 you know, these ideas that, that pop up and. Right. And um, let me just say like, from them. as a business person, it is so refreshing to hear you say that because I think that in a very, I, I hate using the term masculine driven society because I think that it just is the way that it is. And it's, it's kind of irrelevant, the terminology that we use to describe it, but there is kind of this sense of forward moving momentum in our society of, of logical and linear. And, yes. 
And what you're speaking of is something that is not that. And and that's naturally kind of the way that I want to operate as well. And I do find myself coming up against these barriers of, you know, um, is this an ROI? Is this, um, yeah. is this going yeah. to, you know, push forward the things that we are intending? Is this promoting properly? Is this, you know, especially in the age of social media, it's like most people are living their life in accordance with what they want to put on their social media, which is not inspired, which is very linear, which is kind of feeding into what I'm sure you and I together kind of, we both agree on trying to kind of disassemble that system. Yeah. So, so I love the way that you're talking about the way that you are living your life and the way that you're finding that inspiration, because truthfully, there isn't a lot of information to support people like myself, like smaller businesses, um, beginning entrepreneurs who are very inspired to do many things, to experience the world in many different ways. And maybe um, that linear structure just is is very depleting for us because it's just not, it's not how we create. So I love, yeah. I love, I love those examples so much. That's, that was a really good point of yeah. um, the way that you experience the world. It's lovely. And um Another, so I had another question too. So when you're practicing transcendental meditation, I've, I've practiced Vipassana to give you an example, um, of, of just kind of the contrast, but I'm wondering in transcendental meditation, is it, is it solely to just kind of calm the mind or are you gauging some inspiration or insight through that meditation as well? Yeah. So, um, with transcendental meditation, you're sitting, um, twice a day for 20 minutes and um, you you just re- you repeat a mantra, mantra, which okay. is a, the Sanskrit sound, mm-hmm. and so you're just letting your thoughts come and go. So you're creating a space between yourself and your thoughts, and then when you realize you're thinking a thought, you just go back to the mantra. Okay, um, it's deeply relaxing. I really can feel the stress just melt away, and so it leaves room for you know, it makes, helps make you more productive. I feel more productive after. Um, and it is, it can be inspirational. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes, sometimes it isn't, it's just a stress relief. And other times I do come out of it with, with an idea or, um, just a, a new experience or a feeling. So it just kind of over the years has really, you know, it's, there's, you know, a lot of different experiences I've had with, with, my TM practice. Yeah. And I'm, and you know, of course I would argue that without those sorts of, um, settling and, and stress release, there is no space for inspiration following. Right. It's really a necessity as, is. as is everything in the slow beauty book. All of these, these pillars that you reference, all the, the points of reference of, of really how to take care of yourself. I love that the title is slow beauty because you cannot, achieve this quickly this this beauty of of cultivating that connection with who you are as a being and as a spirit takes time it really does and so it's it's so beautiful that the title is slow beauty I, I really do love that and I appreciate so much of the information in there and something else that I was inspired by that um is a big portion of the book are the recipes yes they're incredible you would not, you. I mean, you wouldn't automatically assume that someone who's created a nail polish line would have this sort of culinary background of creating these tonics and, and, um, warm beverages and nourishing foods. So how did, how did that inspiration come in? <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Cause I don't think, you know, it's like nail polish doesn't, it's, you know, it's just one aspect of my life, you know, yes. it's never, it doesn't. Yeah define who I am. But yeah, I mean, this is just over time. Um, you know, food has been, you know, it's obviously very important for our sustenance. And, you know, my mom taught me to think about, you know, the foods we choose and the ingredients and the importance of what we put in our body. And I've always thought of food as, you know, more, you know, as medicine and as, Mm -hmm. as nourishment and, you know, to not to, you know, to try not to consume just empty calories to do something intentional. So how I approach the recipes in the book, it's really about, you know, intentional and and intuitive eating. So, um, I mean, in the book, I don't get into, you know, meals or meal plans or anything like that. Um, But I just do talk about seasonal, you know, 
seasonal approach recipes. So, you know, teas and smoothies and soups, um, you know, muddled waters. And then I, you know, in the recipe, I just break it down and talk about um, the benefits that you're getting from each ingredient that's in the recipe. You know, the kind of the same approach I take with the benefits of, you know, the beauty, my beauty care products that they're all, you know, intentional. I mean, I love, I love the muddled waters. I've never heard that terminology too. (laughs) Those are my favorite too. And, and also like reading this book, it just kind of, to me, it seems like the next thing for you is opening a place where you can get some of these recipes while getting your nails done. (laughs) Sounds like fun and getting massage (laughs) and getting a massage. Absolutely. I mean, no, no one better to kind of create that space than, than you, the creator of this, um, this amazing empire and, and ideas. I mean, why not shell? Next business venture. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have anything else on the horizon that you are kind of, I mean, I can't even imagine because I, you know, I run three businesses and it's, it's definitely time consuming and brain consuming and soul consuming. And I can't imagine feeling like I've come to the completion of one of them because they're just all always going. So, but I'm wondering, because I feel like you, you've really created that balance and that structure in your life in terms of career. So I'm wondering, it does lead me to the question of after the book, is there something else that, that you're focusing on? Or are you just kind of taking some time to just go back to the exploratory phase? Yeah, I'm really, I'm so passionate about education. I always have been. And so I've been really thinking about, um, kind of launching this idea of this, the school of slow beauty and, you know, in that school, how to really master the art of self-care. I love it. And so that's how I want to bring the book to life is through this education platform and, and through the school Why um, do you, and connecting with people that way. Yeah. Why do you think it's important? What, what do you think that it helps to promote by giving people the ideas of what it means to have slow beauty and beauty care rituals that are personal what do you what do you think that that promotes in the world I think it's uh I think it's really important that we take care of ourselves first and foremost um and really make that connection because then we're better able to take care of others Mm -hmm. and contribute to the world um so if we can really slow down long enough to be reflective and identify what we really need and satisfy those needs, find ways um, to satisfy those needs, then we're going to be happier, healthier individuals. And that's what the world needs. Absolutely. Um, and it needs our, yeah, our jo- it needs our joyful spirits yes. um, to lift each other up. And I'm sure that you've, you've kind of combated this as a mom. And I'm, I'm sure that a lot of moms continue to combat this because there's a lot of information that supports this sacrificial sort of um, way of living for your child. Yeah. And on the contrast, you're promoting more time for you and care for you to, in essence, care better for someone or something else. Yeah. But that was you, challenging. Yeah, yeah. When I first became a mom, I really I lost myself, and then I came out of that. I was like, "Whoa!" Like I, you know, I want to help people to you know find more balance in the beginning phases of becoming a mother. And the thing, the issue is the why I want to start the school is because we, we aren't taught how to take care of ourselves. We learn it just we kind of pick things up along the way. Maybe our mother shares things with us, or our grandmother, or a friend, or you know. But there really is no place to go to really learn how to maintain that balance throughout the different phases and milestones in our life. And I think that one of the most critical junctures of the potential of losing ourselves is when we become a mother. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, we don't want to do that. We want to, we want to take care of ourselves and, and role model that for, for our children. And of course, take care of our children. Um, the way I view it is that just traditionally in kind of ancient, practices and ancient communities, there was just so much time to connect with, if you're a woman, other women, or if you're a man yeah. with other men and, yes. and to, to take part in rituals, to take part in, in preparing meals, to help share, um, caring for others, children and things like yes. that. And so it's almost like 
there isn't information for doing that in a modern society, which is why there's an opportunity for you to create this book, which is why there's an amazing opportunity and important um, message for you to promote with, with the school potentially, because it's not, it's perhaps not that we don't have that information within us. It's that we maybe don't know how to apply it in, in the modern society where I don't know that people recognize how much stress actually that that gives to our that imposes on our bodies on our minds on our spirits on our souls that it's it's immeasurable and yeah. it's and it's also irrelevant I guess because bottom line we're all consumed with messaging and noise yeah. and stress yeah. in a way that's it, you you wouldn't there's no way to measure it And there's no, and it's not, the world is not going to slow down. So we have to set boundaries around that. We have to find those moments of slow, um, to, to help us, uh, to protect ourselves from it. Right. Um, cause it's not showing any signs of slowing down. And according to the world health organization, the number one cause of ill health and disability is stress and depression. And that's globally. And so that's not, all of us are going to be touched by that. And so the, the self-care is more, is, is more and more relevant and important. Um, so we need to find ways to um, wake up in the morning and you know, have things established, a structure. And this is where the linear part does come into place, is you know, structuring a self-care practice for ourselves so that we can continue to thrive in the world. How do you, how do you structure something that's always kind of flowing? What does that in look process, like for you? Yeah. Well, it's seasonal. Okay. Um, and, you know, so just like the seasons change, you know, we're in process and we change also. So it's just kind of meeting in that space of nature where we have those natural changes and processes. So, you know, fall, I've identified in the book, you mm-hmm. know, what the characteristics are of each of the seasons. So, you know, fall, um, you know, the main goal is to let go. Um, you've accumulated a lot of things, you know, from the past seasons. And so it's just really drilling down into what really needs to go. Like what are, you know, some toxic thoughts that needs to go. There might be relationships in your life that need to go. It might be, you need to change jobs, but just going through this process of thinking about how, you know, to let go. And then we move into, and I'm giving you just very top line and then moving into the winter um, you know, and I'm preparing for that now, the winter season, because the winter solstice is December 21st. So I'm moving my kind of, you know, slow beating mapping from my fall plan into, okay, what am I going to do, you know, to kind of transition into the winter season? You know, winter is, you know, now that I've kind of let go of a lot of things I need to let go of, you know, I'm just going to kind of settle in. It's a little bit about, you know, hibernation, um, kind of, you know, not too much, but, mm-hmm. you know, you know, having those more internal moments. Um, and, you know, it's getting, it's an opportunity to, you know, develop more, you know, more clarity and kind of plan and, and, and warming, you know, keeping myself warm through the foods that I'm eating, through the movements and breathing exercises that I'm doing. That's, you know, the goal of winter is to kind of stoke that inner fire mm-hmm. because, you know, the, you know, the, um, issues that, you know, or, or, um, obstacles that could arise are kind of melancholy and feeling uninspired. So you want to kind of keep that at bay. And so then what you're doing in winter is, you know, ultimately, you know, preparing for the expansiveness of spring. You want to kind of plant, you know, you're, you're getting ready to wake up into spring, which is more expansive and, and like incredibly joyful and abundant. And, and then you move into summer, which, you know, is more, there's more heat. So you have to kind of help to cool yourself and to moderate. And, um, it's about moderation. So it's just kind of understanding and connecting with the characteristics of the season. And okay. So it's linear and cyclical at (laughs) all at the the same time, you know, and kind of getting into that process. And it's difficult at first, but you just, it's like baby steps and, and then you start living more in that in that process and, and that natural process. Yeah, and the underlying message through what you're describing as well is is that time of intentionality that you know, if you are dedicating time to having 
um, a source of inspiration for yourself, a source of self-care for yourself, and you're devoting time to that intentionality, most likely what you need will arise. That information will will pop into your brain. Oh, let me let me pop into my slow beauty care um, book and and look up my my smoothie or my tonic for the next um, season or like I really need yeah. a, a turmeric latte right now like just yes. but like creating that space for just connection and and recognizing what's happening globally naturally seasonally what's happening to you internally and and making that sort of dedication to yourself allows yeah. you to then use tools like what you've created through slow, Be- slow beauty what other people have created through um astrological readings or information on the web like the the source of information is infinite but yeah. your intentionality of connecting with yourself allows that information to serve you rather than you servicing that information. That's kind of what I try to tell people. Like there's so much information and there's so much knowledge and noise that it's all beautiful, but we have to, it has to come from a place of connecting to our consciousness in a way that serves us instead of, instead of us just being kind of a slave to the information. Yeah. You have to be discerning about it. Yeah, exactly. And you have to really, and, and it's a process of knowing yourself. Yeah. And, you know, I know that in the fall, it, it kicks up a lot of anxiety and worry. And so I know that I need to do like a heavier in the evening, a heavier self massage with a heavier type of oil to ground myself. So I'm always seeking ways to ground myself, whether I'm doing it at the house or I'm going, you know, to have a spa treatment. It's like, I want a grounding spa treatment. Like I need to be grounded because I'm just worrying about everyone and everything. And, um, and I'm going to need something different for the winter, the winter season. So that's right. And that's the process. I love, I love the points in the book about self massage and I love how much you've talked about it on the podcast. And when I, when I (laughs) interviewed Kimberly Snyder, that was the one thing that she also said was kind of her indulgence and also her, um, cornerstone of health at home was self massage. And, and that's just something that, I mean, definitely people should look up the points in the book of, of kind of how to do that and things like that. But um, how did you decide, like, when, what was that turning point of, okay, you know, a massage once a week is enough versus, okay, I actually need to do this myself on a daily basis? Like, Yes. Um, so when I discovered um, Ayurveda, it was over 18 years ago, you know, from I met with the Ayurvedic doctor. Um, that's when I first became aware of some of these Ayurvedic practices and he recommended some of these practices to me because of my constitution, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, um, mostly Vata. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when I started working with the Ayurvedic, um, practitioner and doing the Panchakarma cleanses, like each season she would say, okay, now introduce this, you know, into your practice. And so over time, you know, the, the self massage is something that really stayed with me. So it's like, you know, brushing my teeth or flossing my teeth. I mean, it's that natural for me to do that. That um, is so amazing. Wow. And yeah. So this is an everyday practice shell. Yes, this is an everyday. And then when I, like I said, I'll, I'll weave things in, you know, like if I know it's fall, I'll need to do, I'll have my evenings where I'm like, I need more of that. So I'll do a second one of the day, but it's just, it's like I sleep in it, you know, it's just a heavier, amount of oil and a deeper massage that I give myself. And then I just, I go to bed with that and let the, you know, I have, you know, my, this is silly, but you know, I have, you know, it, cause it stains, you know, these kind of sesame oils and stuff stains. So I have like, you know, my yellowing <laughs> t-shirts and my special oh my outfit, you know, that was that, going to be you know. my second question. Like, um, are all of your sheets covered in oil as well as all of everything no. that you sleep in? <laughs> yeah. That's Not amazing. Everything. That's a that's a yeah. beautiful message to end on. I think I'm I'm hoping that all of my listeners kind of tune into just something that we've talked about that they can take as a source of inspiration for this next season. We're all moving into a winter season. We're all moving into a time globally where there's a lot of change and sometimes for for some people that can instinctually just kind of move them to a place of depressing thoughts or um, sadness. And 
and really taking ownership of the fact that you can change that through some simple practices, through some mindfulness, through connecting with beautiful information, like the book that we've referenced so many times, Slow Beauty. Um, It's an amazing gift also, since this is going to come out before Christmas. It's an amazing gift to give a girlfriend or to bring to a Kris Kringle party or something like that. It's just because it's really substantial. It's not, it's not a small book. It's something that someone's going to carry with them for quite a while to read completely through and then also keep in their kitchen for recipes. So, um, I love this as an idea for the holiday and also, um, yeah, we'll put the link of how to get the book, but it's going to be available where books are sold. And then also hopefully in my space and in the week, next couple of weeks or so, if we can get a delivery in soon, it'll be available at the space in new Orleans as well. And, um, and Shell, I can't thank you enough for thank not you, only Shana. doing this, this interview, but also for everything that you're promoting just by being who you are through the products that you create in the world. And just by, by speaking your message, which so clearly comes from your heart and from the person that you are and, and becoming more of. So thank you. Um, thank you, Sheena, for the we'll opportunity. Connect. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I hope to connect yeah. again soon. And um, uh, yeah, I would love that. And we will, um, we'll touch base and we'll, we'll get some, some books out for the holiday for sure. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks, Shell. Have a great day. Bye. You too. Take care.